This is Jerry Mason, the Kicking Lawyer, and I'm inviting everyone to join us every Tuesday at 5 p.m. on the Kicking Lawyer fan page on Facebook for Law Talk Live, where we discuss business, politics, current events, and the law. If you miss the live version, you can watch the playback on YouTube or listen on your favorite podcast platform. It's Jerry Mace, the Kicking Lawyer. We're live again with another Law Talk. I thank you guys for your patience these last couple of weeks. Uh, we had, obviously, uh, Josh and I, our father, passed away, and we had the funeral last week. And then, of course, we've had tornadoes roll through, and we were uh, unsure if today we would even be able to do this. But uh, luckily, we are, and we have a good guest here, so we'll get to that here in a second. I do, I do want to remind you, if you haven't, please follow us on all our platforms. We're on all podcast platforms we're on all social media platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And we also have a big TikTok following. Josh likes to do the dances on that, so <laughs> make sure you watch that. I do want to remind you, if you haven't already, to follow and download Inside My Head, the new album from N.A. The Band. They're local guys. We're trying to support them. It's completely free. If you go to Spotify, Apple, iTunes, whatever, wherever you get your music, you can uh, download their album for free. And then Michelle Allen is the go-to in the area to buy, sell, rent, lease, real estate. She's also a really good community leader. She's on the board of directors with me for the Chamber of Commerce. She's a real nice person, longtime supporter of the show, so make sure you check her out. Uh, High Octane Martial Arts in Covington. It's been open since 1993. We just relocated it to the biggest facility we've had, so we're celebrating 30 years in business. That was my first business, so I'm excited to still have that going. And then, of course, the Cellar Restaurant Prohibition Bar is located off the square here in Covington. We have the next one in Somerville open in hopefully the fall of July or the end of July, if not August. Open at 4 p.m. every day. I'll be there this afternoon doing trivia. A lot of fun when we do that. And Mace Night Digital Marketing, if you need help with your online presence, uh, just holler at Josh. I do want to notice because I've noticed, too, in my headset it sounds different. We have a new soundboard. So if you would, if you're watching, if you would just comment, let me know if you're able to hear us clearly or not. I would appreciate that. My guest today is Mr. Jason Smith. How you doing, Jason? I'm good, brother. How are you? We just met, and uh, my understanding is you are as sort of an expert or specialized in like cybersecurity stuff. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So my company basically solves problems for businesses that need outsourced IT. They don't have an inside guy or girl, mm -hmm. and uh, they may not necessarily have the skill sets or competencies to do all of the things that they need to, they'll hire a team like ours. Are you, and we were talking about your background, do you live around here? I do, yeah, I'm in Atoka. Okay, did you guys have any damage from the storm Man, or anything? that thing, I, I'll have to show you the swath that went over our house, mm -hmm. it's nuts. But we were really blessed. I think we're about a mile away mm -hmm. from, from where it hit and driving up here, man, it's humbling, brother. Yeah, no, it, it is. is. We So I live, um, less than half a mile from where it hit like okay. it's it's probably only honestly hundreds of yards it's not far so we got real lucky that it that it missed us and but i have a lot of friends and family that it did affect that it yeah. did hit and it was like you said humbling is a good word um and then saturday so saturday and sunday we helped with some of the cleanup around here locally but man i was really surprised most of the people that i interacted with were in pretty good spirits considering yeah i mean there's one family that's been a taekwondo student of ours for a long time that the house is destroyed and uh they were in they were in as good spirits as you could be so yeah 
Uh, it's been good to see all the people that have come out to volunteer and donate and help and all that kind of stuff. Heck yeah. Yeah. Shows, I think, strength in, I mean, I'm sure big cities do it too, but just a small town that could come together like that. There's there's nothing like the small town. I mean, we live here for a reason. Um, being, being I'm not from Tennessee. I think we talked about it just a second yeah. ago, but um, I love Tipton County. I've been in Munford and Atoka for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll just say that. And there is uh, nothing like a small community, but it's it was cool to see the rally around what look it's a it's a great day to be alive not mm-hmm. to steal the song lyrics but mm-hmm. it's true yeah and you know you go into the store and you bump elbows with people that have lost everything and they're just trying to get through brother mm-hmm. uh, so yeah uh, it's it's uh this is a crazy time for Covington mm-hmm. and um, man I it's the first time I had driven up this far mm-hmm. the roads have been nuts yeah uh, and I was telling Josh a second ago I mean it's it is it's uh It'll make you cry. Yeah, when you get right there at the south end of town, you can see where the tornado came yeah, across. Like those nuts. trees are, they're so gnarly looking how you you can just see the path that this thing took. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm amazed that, I mean, it was so, it must have been so wide too. I don't I don't know what the metrics or what they said. Somebody but, said, three, somebody said something like it was three miles wide at one point. I don't know about that, so. but it, it was big. It was definitely big. Oh, they may have been talking big, about the path of destruction. Oh, the path was longer yeah. than that. I want to say Shannon, the sheriff, said that, uh, it was the one of the longest on-the-ground tornadoes in record history. It was like 180 miles. It was on ground from Arkansas all the way across, um, you know, through Tennessee. So that's that's pretty scary. We had people, when it hit, we were at the restaurant, the cellars, the restaurant I have here. And yeah. it is a cellar. It's like underground. And so we had people sheltering in the business. And the power went out, so we just put candles out and... Uh, some of the people later messaged me. They were glad they did. They did because their homes were damaged where they were at. So, uh, man, it's scary. So, but anyway, talking about being scary, let me talk, let me let me let me shift gears with you a little bit. This is something you might have some interest in on your business. Is it mostly businesses that you do, or yeah, do you do personal ex- stuff? Yeah, it's exclusively businesses. Okay, yeah. I mean, well, I'll help consult with somebody on mm-hmm. the personal stuff, but our foray is helping companies and so it's kind of like well as a law firm you yep. know our we have um uh we moved almost exclusive i shouldn't say uh, almost because we st- we still have paper files but every document that comes into the law firm is scanned in and we, it's cloud storage that we have yeah and so it's a big deal for lawyers and there's even been some litigation on this with law firms sure. over not having enough security like even over email there yeah. was a big case a few years ago because the attorneys were using their nor- just a normal like Gmail account wasn't encrypted or whatever I you, you know the terms I don't and uh, that that in other words they thought it was secure but it's not so that's right why don't you talk a little bit about that about the levels that you think about or, or how people could better protect their stuff yeah I'm you know I was looking at some statistics before I got here to try to memorize them on on legal uh, specifically legal breaches and the the numbers are they're insane. If you go right to 2020, you might have had 20,000 attorney law firms that have been compromised in the United States, mm-hmm. right? That number jumped to about 50. And the, there was a big breach. And I, I can't remember the name of the law firm off the top of my head, but it affected about 750,000 people. Mm. And there's, um, there's just a lot of complacency that goes on, not intentionally, mm-hmm. but from a boutique MSP that's got four guys and, and a, a couple people on the help desk, or might be total four guys, and they do field work as well. 
they can't be the master of everything. And so economy of skill is really important. And the layers of protection are important. Where it gets confusing, and we post about this on our, our social media stuff all the time, but it's, it's, it's the selected layers that you're implementing that work well with one another versus others that don't. And so it's important to have that guidance. I mean, because, you know, sadly, cloud storage, uh, unless you have a physical replicatable uh, device to pull from, the numbers are not great in replicating that data back if you have a disaster. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're sub 70% usually. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking at files, you were mentioning you went all digital earlier, and you take cybersecurity now, and their ability to sniff out pedigree information like DOBs and SSN numbers, it still resonates with text. Mm-hmm. And so you got to have somebody monitoring that stuff. And it can't be reactive. It's got to be proactive. So we use, um, we, we've got a partnership in place that affords us the ability to use some cool technologies. Would you think then that anyone, this would go, I think, for almost every business that collects identifying information should have security measures they do the the ftc regulations and some of the other regulations that are coming down i mean they're going to mandate it cyber liability insurance is going to be really tough to get well so i think that's good for you to say because i think i just picked up on something you said that i sometimes as a lawyer overlook with people i don't know your business right and i'm a lawyer so a lot of people think that that means i know all the laws sure it's not true so like I didn't know that. I never thought about it. That I knew that we were regulated, but it was more of because of attorney-client privilege protections yeah. than anything uh, with that duty to the client. But I've never thought about any business that, you know, insurance people that collect dates of birth. I mean, just about anywhere, loan places, any place has regulations that require them to be protected. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. if you take, you take anybody that has an application, well, they're putting their date of birth, they're putting all the pedigree information for anybody to commit identity theft. Mm-hmm. And if you have not had identity theft happen to you, it's terrible. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a real pain in the you know what. Yeah. And to be able to effectively mitigate the risk of that versus passively is they're very different worlds. Mm-hmm. And so they're starting to mesh together a little bit better, but you're right. I mean, you, and you're not none of us know all the laws. We know the guidelines and the security practices we need to implement. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't tell you what the penalty is for every single one of those things. If you got audited or mm-hmm. you failed a PCI scan, all of a sudden some credit card data got released. I, I don't know the number for that. Mm-hmm. But it's expensive. And the insurance business right now is going to be driving a lot of these changes. Uh, well, let me ask you this. How does that work with you guys? Say someone hires you. Mm-hmm. To come in and audit their company, recommend whatever they need, and then they comply with your recommendations. Yeah. Do y'all have any duty then to them on the service you provide? Like, if they had a breach, like how, I'm just asking because I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So when it comes to like a ransomware incident, if if we're providing like a, a SOC and a SIM solution for a company, we'll remediate that mm-hmm. for the for the client. But if their foundational security and they get breached, you know, they're gonna have to make a decision. We'll help get them out of the ditch. Mm-hmm. But from a liability perspective, they're not suing us mm-hmm. for that. There's there's a whole bunch of things that we're putting together to, to protect the client. Mm-hmm. But we're not responsible for a user on site clicking a malicious link. Mm-hmm. Our job is to help them get prepared by uh, education, uh, security awareness training, things like that, that can help mitigate the risk. But yeah, we 
we don't take on all of that liability. Our job is to help keep them out of the water. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, you're put, putting up uh, preventative measures, uh, fences, so to speak. Sure tripwires and whatnot to try to protect them from that. I mean, I get that they do. It's the same thing in what we do. If somebody does something negligent, it can release us of certain liabilities, certain duties. Sure. Um, uh, but yeah, I, and I hadn't thought about that either. Like, so um, I, I made a video on this a year or two ago. I felt like it's such an idiot because I was a cop. I was a cop for 12 years. Okay. And as a cop, I dealt with people that were would call on identity theft. And it was always, I always hated uh, those calls because, um, as I'm sure you're aware, it's hard to prosecute that. Often they're people not even domestic, you know, they're foreign and you don't have the power to do anything to them. And so it's hard to get these people closure and recovery. And then it's almost like a form of PTSD because then once they're a victim of identity theft, they're worried from then on about, oh no, I don't want to put this in now. And then it limits what they can do nowadays, especially with the digital age, you know. Anyway, I always struggled with that. So, and then as an attorney and, and, and have businesses and whatnot, I've always thought I was, you know, not smarter than the average bear, but had experience, right? Right. Well, so I'm driving to, uh, I was flying to a DUI conference in Colorado is where, what it was. And I was driving late for the plane. And I looked up on the, my phone, I Googled American Airlines phone number. The first number that pops up, I call it, right? It says American Airlines. I call it and this foreign guy answers, which I expected, you know, and, and what here's here's where the catch was. I don't even think they intended it to work this way. But what really messed me up is he was trying to get me off the phone. Like a real person that was just like, oh, yeah, this is not a big deal. You're missing your flight, whatever. Because when he found out what my flight number was, he apparently looked it up. And he was like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to leave it. Da, da, da. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I'm going to miss it. I need to get that, you know, move the flight. I need to get that the, my, my flight moved or whatever. Anyway. So I'm on the phone with this guy, and this is where I turn into an idiot. But it's also where I now have perspective on people that become victims of this stuff. I was so stressed out over trying to get there. I'm on the phone driving. I'm Memphis traffic. I'm late. I'm going to miss all this. I've spent all this money to get there. And the guy's keeping me on the phone. And then he's wanting me to go get a gift card, right? He's like, you got to go. He's like looking it up, I guess, where I am. He's like, what what do you see? Where are you at? And he's like, you can go to this Walgreens. You can go in there and you got to get this specific gift card. I know it sounds terrible, doesn't it? Well, I just, the only thing is it always, when you talk about this story, Uh I think about when I was a GameStop manager and we had specific training over this stuff to not, you know, give gift card information over the phone. I know it is. It's so, I know this, I know it sounds like I'm an idiot, but I was on the phone with the guy for like an hour and even finally went in this Walmart and had these gift cards and I was in line to buy the gift cards on the phone with the guy still. And I literally said to him, I'm like, well, this is, this is, I was like, this is shady. I was like, but I called you and you were trying to get me off the phone. I'm literally talking through it. Like, I guess he can help me. So I'm an idiot. Anyway. So my point, my point is this, as smart as I thought I was, Anyone can be conned, you know what I mean? So I don't want people watching to think if you've been a victim of identity theft, you're an idiot. It can happen. But I think it is important to know because it can happen in today's world, you do need to take measures like your company provides to help avoid that. Yeah, a lot of times it's simple education. Mm -hmm. You know, if if you haven't done security awareness training Mm -hmm. for your business, even in a restaurant, you know, it's keeping credit card information, you know, in the little folio mm-hmm. as opposed to being on a desk that somebody could run by and snapshot it with their phone. Mm. I, I love the, there's a story about um, Dell where the guy walks in, there's a cybersecurity expert 
who challenged Michael Dell. Mm-hmm. And he's, he goes, is your business secure? And this was a long time ago. He says, uh, yeah. And, and he says, uh, well, what do you do about mobility? And he's like, well, at the time, it wasn't really anything. And he goes, well, you're, you're not secure then. He goes, well, how do you mean? The guy picks up his phone, you know, and he goes, well, every one of these things has a camera on it right now. I mean, how are you going to prevent somebody from stealing intellectual property with a camera on a phone? I mean, you can't. You don't own their camera. Unless you own their cameras and you disable the, I mean, uh, own their phones and you disable their cameras, there's no way you're going to prevent that. So um, it's simple. It's it's education. It's the spy. I use, you guys will love this. I see some comic book stuff around here, but use the spidey senses. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it feels, if somebody's rushing you into something, it's usually not right. right? Yeah. The smell test just doesn't pass or... Um, you're not a CFO, but you're being asked to wire money. Yeah. I mean, at this point in time, guys, I'll be I'll be honest with you. If you're not the CFO and you're being asked to wire money and you go ahead and accept that and fill out a form and do all that stuff, maybe you're maybe we need to get you into some training sessions. So you're saying I'm not gonna get that part of the Algerian uh money? No, uh, no, no. The settlement. No. I I won't disclose who it is. They they'd hate me for they they might be okay with it, but I'm not gonna do it. But there is a family I know in this area that um, farms mm-hmm. that went fell for that mm-hmm. and um, to the tune of a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, well, I have so I had this happen to me that I just mentioned. Um, Thinking like they won I said, a lottery it was a year or, or two a ago, or something. And I've got two very close family members that within the last few months were scammed online. Mm-hmm. Now it was a different form of scam. It dealt with potential photographs, okay, and uh, but it was stuff they had given that opened the door to it, yeah. you know. Because people, I tell these young people all the time, I deal with especially on picture type stuff. A lot of people don't know this. If you're 17 and you have a nude photo of yourself on your phone, you're in possession of child pornography, and the feds could prosecute them. So if you're 18 and you have a picture of yourself at 17, that's your it's child porn. Yeah. And it's like, I want to say it's like 10 years per offense, per photo or something they have. And so you got all these kids nowadays, it's second nature, right or wrong. I'm not judging whether they should or shouldn't be doing it. I got kids and they shouldn't be doing it. But they're taking these photos. It's just so easy to do. And they're emotional driven. Yeah. And I don't think they realize the liability that they have doing that. You know. Yeah. And then they'll have some app they think is protecting their data, data on their phone. And the cops can get right into any of that stuff. Sure. So, Patriot um, Act, man. I mean. Yeah. You, look, TikTok's everywhere. Yeah, you got to stop using TikTok, though, guys. I so mean, tell you tell me about that then. So, what, what is your take on TikTok as a cybersecurity expert? So TikTok is bad. Uh huh. Um, TikTok doesn't just you know, the algorithm for the United States for TikTok is very different than the one that's in China. Mm-hmm. In China, it's to, it's a reward type of thing. You know, it's to enable them to accomplish it and showcase I've seen I've seen that. That right. they do like it's like educational yeah, and whatnot that's in right. China. Whereas we're watching like you we're know We're watching people, kids twerking and stuff. Yeah, well that's not a, that's not necessarily that bad. Stuff. But you know like Well <laughs> I'm just from kidding. from a from a trafficking perspective it's probably pretty <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, no, you know, no, no but, just kidding. But at the end of the day, look, I mean it, it's serious stuff yeah. and it doesn't just stop. You know, it, it creates footholds in your mm-hmm. environment. And so if you've got a TikTok application, you're using wireless in your house and look, man Everything in your home now, for the most part, is connected, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, does Josh, do you have anything in your house besides your um, computer that is that is connected to the internet? 
Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, right? Everything. <laughs> yeah, the, the fridge might even be connected there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, printers, all of that stuff. But it does what's called footholding. It creates footholds into environments. And all it does is it's looking for different places to implement itself. And it's uh, it just, not to go down a big giant rabbit hole, but it's not a good application for us to have right now. I mean, mm-hmm. there's reasons why the government, I think, is looking at banning that for certain things. Well, do and you they think, should. you think the domestic social medias are any better? Uh, I mean, if you're on Facebook, Josh, are you on Facebook? Yes. We're on I'm Facebook on right now. So, 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 so we're on Facebook right now. I hope yeah. I don't get blocked out for saying this. But, man, if you're using Facebook and look, and you're one of these that shares everything. Yes. And you're like, hey, you know what, guys? Uh, we're on break for two weeks. We're going to the butcher shop. We mm-hmm. live in Atoka. But we're going to leave the back window open because we like fresh air in the mm-hmm. house. Once we leave the butcher shop, we're going to St. Louis for uh, three days, and mm-hmm. we'll be back. We'll show you some pictures. I mean, if your GPS is not disabled and you're you're being tracked, I mean, they can sh- you can look at where somebody is. Yeah, yeah. Well, so my take on some of that's a little different. I do share a lot. Generally, it's not personal though. I use the social me- the power of social media for my businesses. Sure, me too. Uh, now I agree there can be weakness. Like I've told other people, especially back when I was a cop. If you're posting that you're on vacation, you're opening the door to people yeah. coming and staying. Because yeah. a, a lot of people think on like that kind of burglary and theft, they're always afraid it's going to happen when you're home. They're all uh, cowards. So those people that come to steal your stuff, wait till you're not there. So yeah. if you're letting them know you're not there, they're coming in the door. So I agree that there's weaknesses on that. Um, but, but let me give you a, a slightly different view on it, I guess. Up till recently, uh, like the last three years really of my life, I was never in a position where I had enough of anything to worry about the Chinese knowing something, you know, yeah, like I right. didn't have enough assets. I didn't have, a, I didn't, I mean, they want to look at me in my underwear, you know, I didn't even care about that really, you know? So I was one of the people that it just didn't really bother that they were tracking or, but, but I'm more concerned if that ends up opening a breach to things that I have a duty to protect, sure. like you're, if you're a client, your information and those kind right. of things. Absolutely. So uh, I'm concerned about that on if using those applications, because I have, so on this phone, I have obviously Facebook, right? Because So what I do is when we go live, I have it here, and if people comment, I can see the comments. Sure. Because uh, I can't see them on Josh's display here. Anyway, but in addition to Facebook, I've got, you know, Instagram, I've got, uh, we use a, a client management software called Clio. I don't yeah. know if you're aware of sure. it. It's specifically for attorneys. I've got Dropbox as- Access that has documents in it. It's all right here. My yep. email it's all accessible right here. Right. So is there li- is there any uh, is there any opportunity for breach on those things because of TikTok or any of that on it? Absolutely. You think yeah, so? Yeah. Any anywhere that the application is and any of the networks that it's touching are are available. They're on the table. Hmm. So if a client comes to you and say you analyze them, like even even here the the firm or whatever. What's one of the first steps that you recommend that you guys do for them to help protect them? First thing is we run a scan on the network. Mm-hmm. Um, the scanning technology has really evolved. So if you guys have something that's that's sitting, that's malicious, there's executable files or something that's hidden and buried, mm-hmm. a lot of the technologies can uncover those. The biggest thing we find is pass-through traffic that you're not thinking about. Um, you know, we've got... Look, it, this is where people are going to go. Well, my my wireless password is uh, or my my wireless is is password protected. That's great, but how many people have that password? Mm-hmm. How many people that you don't know have that password mm-hmm. and just use it? I mean, ransomware can be on your your device for months before you even 
mm-hmm. are aware of it. it they, they can sit idle mm-hmm. and wait for some sort of event to create another event. Usually it's bad. If they're not putting money in your account, they're usually stealing something, right? So um, anytime we go through that exercise, it's, hey, guard down. We want to show what's going on within the network, not just say, hey, you need to buy this, 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 and this. This is the problem. This is one of the reasons I'm in business right now. I've helped build a couple of MSPs in Memphis, and the processes for which they use to sell services is is vastly different than what it was prior to, you know, the past three years for all of us is, has been a little bit exciting, right? So mm-hmm. um, the necessary things for a consultant to provide is transparency. Mm-hmm. And it starts with, you know, what are you trying to accomplish with the with the business? Why am I here sort of thing? But if you're running a network scam, you want to understand and educate those people on what those are. And what if there's gaps there, which usually there's something there, right? Especially if there's if the network isn't being managed by anybody today, even if it is, sometimes, unfortunately, um, and not maliciously, they might miss things from a competency perspective. You know, you have a handful of people their competency might not be red team, blue team, you know, hacking. They might not have an ability to understand the depth of what that looks like, whether it's dark web or it's actually sitting idle in a device. Mm-hmm. So um, most of them will catch, you know, disk utilization spikes to 80% or more. We need to take a look at what's going on. But now it's zero day threat stuff. It's, um, it's stuff that happens instantly and you have to have Sadly, you have to have machine learning and, and AI mm-hmm. to, to offset some of that because human humans are not going to catch all that. And most Even if the help desk is open all the time, which ours is, um, which is unique, but if, it, if they're doing an on-call and they've got a triggered alert in the middle of the night, that cat might be three beers or ten beers in, depending on the, the game that's going on that night, mm-hmm. um, the set of circumstances. Are they out of town? Yeah. Um, they dial in and cognitively they're not... Uh, they're not up and running, you know, they're not coffeeed up for that shift and they may miss something. So um, there's, it's transparency. It's Mm -hmm. basically figuring out and showing and helping them understand why is this bad? It's not a, hey, fear, uncertainty and doubt type of conversation where everybody should have this because that's just not the case. Yeah, no, I understand. It's just like with us, different cases will require different defenses. Sure. And so you'll have to do your own analysis. Michelle Allen, who I was talking about earlier, who's our longtime sponsor, says that scammers are in phishing keep our IT department quite busy. Realtors seem to be targets for a lot of scams. I'm sure everybody can be a target for it. Like I can see, you know, medical data. Um, uh, well, there was a breach here. The Tipton County Board of Education had a breach a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, anybody, like you said, that collects credit card information, identifying information, I could see them being an issue. Uh, let me ask you the question. You said something that brought it up or made me think of a question. You made a comment again about people managing the network. So this is just, this is how ignorant I am on this whole world, okay? Mm-hmm. So I have, like I told you, we got the Clio software, yeah. right, that's online. It's a, an application. So I assume, I'm making an assumption, they have people that are encrypting the, encrypting this and, and is helping protect us, right? Yeah. It links to the Dropbox. That's where our documents go. And we can get them either, we can link that, we can reach them either through Clio or in Dropbox itself, which I know has its own form of encryption. Sure. Um, so when you're talking about people managing the, is that what you're talking about? Those companies have people that are managing them. Is that not correct? 
They they should yeah. yeah. So from from an application perspective, um, it's it's like Microsoft. Mm-hmm. You have Microsoft in the office more. I would assume we do. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So three sixty five probably. Well, Microsoft doesn't guarantee that your data is going to be available mm-hmm. if they have an issue. Now, Microsoft, people go, well, Microsoft's got servers everywhere, and they do. But if you read the fine print, your data, your contacts, the information and Word documents and all those files, that stuff is not guaranteed to come back up. You need So to your company helps up. protect that too? Absolutely. Helps with the backing up of, yeah. of the information? So, so software as a service type of endeavors that a lot of people use now. Josh, do you use anything like that? I do not. I should, but I don't. <laughs> so, so if you're if you're using any of those like 365 or any of those big programs that oh, you're talking about um like the package program. I thought you meant like uh, software protection type stuff. No, I do. I use well, like, we have uh, Norton on all of them, but sure. that's for like viruses or whatnot. Yeah, I use the uh, what is it? The Adobe. It comes with like the the Photoshop, the um, editing programs, sure. all After Effects, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. So a lot, a lot of those programs, when you read the, the T's and C's of those, and being an attorney, I mean, they're, they're different for mm-hmm. every, everybody, right? Yeah. So not, not going to assume you know all of that stuff, but you'll find one thing to be glaringly obvious in most of them. They don't guarantee your data. The mm-hmm. actual, in, the stuff that you put into that particular application it is not guaranteed to get brought back. Mm-hmm. There's software as a solution backups that do some of that stuff. But, um, yeah, it's people don't spend their nights reading about this stuff either. When you're running a business and it, it equates to money and serviceability and the proverbial dot and the I for a potential data breach of their information, it changes the game a little bit, right? So you're looking at things a little bit differently than you would if it's just, hey, this is just my iPhone, man. Yeah. And, and well, you're, it's my data. It sounds like there's uh, multiple layers of what, again, because I've just never thought about it. I mean, I pay these other folks and just assume it's happening, right? Sure. But you got to have protection from virus infiltration, it sounds like, through yep. email or whatever else, malware of some sorts. Then you've got to have protection on the uh the cloud stuff, the documents and your data, the information that you have online that I just assumed was protected. And then you got to have some form of encryption to protect that from getting not just destroyed, but infiltrated. Yeah. So there's multiple layers there. Um, but your company does all those things. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we have to, uh-huh. at, the, at the end of the day, um, we're, we have to be sought compliant to the point where if we're in a financial institution or a healthcare facility, you know, HIPAA, CARES Act stuff, we've got to be able to help them better protect PHI and, and that specific endeavor. And that goes way past just the technical aptitude of the desk. It, it's a behavioral conversation. And, and what, sadly, you know, all of us in this room, we're the weakest links. Yeah, well, I was just thinking that I've got staff that, uh, well, I'll, I'll give you an example. When I first became a lawyer here, um, and we've had a whole, this is a whole new staff from uh, years and years ago. But my law partner, Brian, who's a great lawyer, is just not about, he, I don't want to say he's not um, serious about it. He's very serious about it. But he just, well, he wasn't a good manager. So, like, they would just kind of do whatever. 
And so one of the issues was even you go to lunch and they're bringing up like a case or something and there's people at a table over that might hear some of that. Well, you can't do that. Yeah. So like we had to start uh, from the scratch building a policy and procedure manual to help control the dissemination of any information. And I agree that generally with this kind of stuff, the weak link is us. So it's people. Yeah. Well, you, but you, you help with some of that too, like policies yeah, and procedures yeah, and training and all that. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to start at the user level. Business email compromise is still the number one fashion in which most companies get exploited, mm-hmm. and it's because the team or the person, look, we're we're all humans. We want to trust people. Mm-hmm. Trust is is deadly online. I mean, if we're sitting here and you want to you want to freak out right now, the you know this this deep fake stuff. I mean, I could be Oprah Winfrey yeah, yeah. on the other side of this this microphone right mm-hmm. now digitally, right? I could be anybody I want. Mm-hmm. Um, when the threat actors have evolved to that point, it becomes social engineering. It becomes looking at the Facebooks, how what's Fluffy's name? Because usually the dogs or cats are in, integrated into yeah. passwords, right? So if Fluffy's out there, <laughs> you're using Fluffy for your bank account yeah. and this and that and the other. Well, it's more likely to be breached. So password policies and stuff can be automated, but it's people that have to determine the level of seriousness when it comes to that. And I will tell you, look, I love healthcare. I love finance. Sometimes telling doctors what to do is 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 very difficult. Yeah, yeah. You know, it mm-hmm. just is. And business owners that have been successful for a long time mm-hmm. without this stuff, it becomes, nah, I'm going to wait to see what happens. Well, mm-hmm. that, you know, $5,700 or whatever it is this second a minute for downtime nationwide, mm-hmm. on average for ransomware, it's expensive, man. And so when it comes to hitting the pocketbook, that's usually when the light bulbs go off. And sadly, as humans, we, we have to fail to get back up and, and learn and be better. Yeah, well, it's the same thing with like insurance or lawyers or any of that where you're like, well, it's somebody else. It's not me. That's right. In law, we call it the lizard mentality, the lizard mind. And the reason is if I do a trial, right, and I got a jury, that jury doesn't, you you can't say the magic. There's a, there's a, a golden rule. You can't ever say, put yourself in the shoes of the client, but there's ways you infer it, right? Right. Because you want them to think the way the client did and see that what the client did was reasonable or, or whatever, whatever the argument is. Anyway, we are aware that everybody sitting there has this lizard brain that until they're threatened, doesn't matter. It's somebody else. It's not them. Yeah. So I think it's the same type thing where until it happens to you, it's somebody else's problem. It, so. it, it is. And, and our job right now, we're trying to get ahead of that for as many people as possible because the, the issue when it does occur is devastating. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking about tornadoes bombing through. Well, if the data is all backed up in the cloud and they can get their stuff, they can work from anywhere, yeah. right? They can still move. Hopefully they've got that stuff in place. Yeah. Uh, but if they don't, like you're going paperless now, yeah. that's good and bad. There's, mm-hmm. look, it's a it's a tolerance for risk, right? And it's, it's not gonna happen to me. I bet a lot of people said that recently. Well, right. to be clear, we still have paper files, but we're trying, You're trying to, to evolve get, sure. to paperless. Gotcha. Uh, sort of, you know, a lot of law firms, a lot of modern law firms that are forward thinking have become completely mobile. Their staff works from home. Everything's in the cloud. It's all, you know, automated or digital. 
Um, anyways, we're still, this is an older school community, so we still have sure. offices and office hours, but you can do so much with Zoom and everything now. I was speaking of that. So one thing you said, it made me want to ask you about this. What do you think about the evolution of AI? You know, there's a lot of debate right now over mm-hmm. the risk or what's going to happen or not happen with well, it. Well, like Jordan Peterson, he brought up that point that what happens when somebody the night before an election does a fake video of the incoming potential president saying some really bad things, but it looks completely photo real. And then they send that out on the internet and suddenly affects the outcome of an election. Mm. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that people I don't think are thinking about when it comes to AI. I think, I think that, you know, that's, that's a loaded question. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we utilize AI in certain things, list building it for, for, from a marketing perspective, AI has been around for a long time. Um, but to put it, yeah, to throw it back across the table and, and kind of give an example of why I think that we need to, it's, it should be strongly considered to continue an eye on artificial intelligence before it goes too far. Mm-hmm. Because... Because um, you've seen Terminator? Well, because I've seen Terminator. <laughs> That's part of it. Yeah, uh, But the... You know, we're, we're heading into unknown territory with mm. it. So, and AI is AI. It, it's not human, and it doesn't have empathy. Uh, it can show empathy. You look at the robot, uh, the, the little uh, things that are coming along with robotics and how it falls down and you cheer it back up and it comes back up and mm-hmm. it looks like it's got emotion. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. This is it's all an algorithm. To That's have, right. Yeah. So... Um, when you when you talk about even let's just use marketing right for as as an example, um, using AI in marketing is is great on one side, but how do you feel? And this is this answer might be different for everybody. Yeah. But innately, how do you feel if I were to say, "Hey, look, guys, I uh, I got all your information on online, and I got your email address and all that stuff." through seamless and this is how we got together today mm-hmm. you'd be you might have some mixed emotions about that right i'm not who i who you think i am right now yeah so it 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 lends itself to some monitoring for sure um, there's there's a lot that is cool about ai there's a lot that's cool about machine learning but look humans buy and interact with humans. And automation is is cool. It helps us do more with less. But in an economy where people are struggling to find work and you look at AI taking jobs, well, okay, that's having an impact on the community. That, mm-hmm. That's having an impact on the social aspects of the community as well. You go and look, do you, how old are you? 44. 44, okay. So I'm only a few years older than you. You remember you'd go to the grocery store and people would be, and they still do, barely. But they're, they were really courteous to you and mm-hmm. they helped you find stuff and they, were, they, were, they knew your name and, and helped you get what you need or, or gave you a handshake or a hug if they knew it was your birthday, right? Mm-hmm. Those days have changed considerably with the amount of information that's available at the hand, people yeah. buy stuff through the phone. They order pizzas through their phone. They order a hotel and a rental car through the phone. 
They watch movies through their phone. You can do anything on the phone, mm -hmm. right? Well, you can get from point A to point B both ways, but you know, to steal Jay Leno, you're just kind of missing something mm -hmm. if, if it's not humanly interacted. Yeah. And when it comes down to social skills and communication ability, if you're sending emojis all day and you get pressed on a, on a matter at school, for example, this is big in schools right now, and it, it drives me crazy, but they can't, some of these kids are so detached from having any sort of, I don't know, not, not reprimand, but some constructive criticism sometimes that they blow up because they haven't been dealing with it maybe at home. Because they're yeah. on their phone all the time. Yeah, they should get bullied more. But well, that's why you're a martial <laughs> yeah. arts. Uh, yeah, that's stuff that's why I'm a. Well, that's why I am a martial artist is because I got bullied, and it was one of the best favors I had. Jokes aside, Justin and uh, my brother Josh and I have a brother named Justin. And this last couple of weeks, we've been been together a lot because of our father passing. And uh, I'm sorry so, to hear that. Well, that, appreciate it. He, we know where he is. He's a good dude. But anyway, uh, we talked about different things, and we have unique views. And if you ever watch any of these, because we've done, I don't know, how many, 200 of these? How many of these have we no, done? 130. 30, okay, like however that. many we did. Well, I did a bunch before we started counting, too. Yeah. Anyway, I'm unlike a lot of folks in that, well, and there's a reason for this. One, I don't have a boss, okay? Sure. All the businesses I have, I'm either partnered or managing myself as the owner, um, but I don't have anybody I answer to. So other than the public, right? Sure. So what in I've found in, yeah, what I've found in all my <laughs> businesses is um, uh, being authentic has helped a lot because yeah. people watch and they feel like they know me and it helps, right? Yeah, yeah, it builds absolutely. rapport, right? So on one, one re that's one reason I'm able to, to be this way. And then number two, I just generally am. I'm very vocal about what I think or don't think about things. And so we'll talk on here often about very controversial things that a lot of people hesitate to speak on. And I get it because they may answer to someone else or they think it's going to influence the way people think. But like, I know I don't know everything. Sure. And I like to learn things. So what I, and so what I'm getting at is this. I understand that people have different perspectives on stuff. So one of the things you said, like if uh, you knew, for example, let's say you threw the information from my phone, knew that I was trying to buy, I literally just bought my French bulldog a skateboard. Okay. Cool. So let's say, I don't know, she, we tried it and she's not very good at it yet. So <laughs> anyway, let's say, let's say you knew that yeah. and you were like, you never met me before and you're like, Hey, I got a skateboard for sale. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't care that you know that. Now I get that some people do, some yeah. people it bothers, but I think this is what I struggle with on this conversation about this this generation that's di has difficulty communicating with us normally, right? Sure. We in our generation are a mix of both. We're the last generation that remembers having like rotary phones yeah. or pre-internet, but we can also function in the digital age, right? Sure. Our parents struggle, mine did at least, with the digital age, yeah. right? They're they're having to struggle. So what I'm wondering is there's this connect where it, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, but is it not a natural evolution, this marriage of machine and human, to where it's just going to be a different world? You know what I mean? Like, is it inevitable that they're going to not? They don't know how to write cursive now. Yeah. You know, like you, I assume, like me, we had to learn absolutely manuscript. Yeah. So I just wonder if that's just the next level, this disconnect that they have. I agree. I don't think it's good, personally, but I wonder if that's bias based on my age, you know? Well, just to, just to chime in, I mean, think about this though. If you're um, if you're learning how to do something, let's call it driving a car. 
I've got a, a truck that like will pull lanes and stuff for me. I've got a Jeep before that has no tech in it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is dumbed down, right? Yeah. No GPS in it, nothing. Well, I drive the Jeep. I park the Jeep. I don't have a camera for the Jeep, right? Mm-hmm. I, I could put one on it if I wanted to. But if you can't drive a car and you need to manually get somewhere, it's like I was having this conversation with my wife the other day. If you got lost, you'd never been to this area of the country before, and you needed to figure out how to get back to where you just came from without your GPS, you'd probably curl in the corner. No, I'm not saying you, but somebody would curl in the corner and cry themselves to death. Is they wouldn't know how to use a map. And die of humility. I was talking about how when I was like 16, I was trying to get somewhere in Memphis, and I had an atlas, (laughs) like an actual uh, road atlas out. And that, uh, anyway, it's and like then reading it, a sign, even when I was a deputy, we started, this is pre GPS. Uh, I think GPS had just come out, but nobody had it really. And we had a map book and you had to learn to use this map book to get yep. around the County. Right. So, so I agree. And I'm not saying that I agree that that's like almost a survival skill you need, right. Sure. That they don't have yeah. also the ability to cope with conflict, I think is lacking. Yeah. But what my point was, I just, I don't know if maybe it's just like, if you had asked somebody, Another example, and you don't have to comment on this because it's controversial, but like say 40 or 50 years ago, you bring up the subject of uh, homosexual marriage. Mm -hmm. 40 or 50 years ago, the consensus with most people was that that was just this terrible, horrible thing, could never happen, should never happen. Sure. Now, statistically, I think you ask most people, they don't really care. It's not a big deal, you know? So I just think society sort of evolves, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And my fear is this technical movement is... uh, staying you know that we've got to figure out a way to live with it or it's going to lead to just you know like the chinese as an example who is is arguably who i think we should be worried about most in the world right now you know like you said they're feeding their citizens information like quality information sure and there's a bunch of them and i've said this before they don't think in four and eight year terms like we do they think long term because it's a it, it, it's their culture over there is it just it is and always is going to be at least right now uh, their view on being communist anyway so they're not thinking the short-term thing they're thinking long-term how to get us and when we as a country are projecting that we're offended by what pronoun you call us and things like that yeah. that bothers me sure not, not that you don't have a right to be bothered by what pronoun they call you i personally don't care I, i'm a libertarian so you think what you want to think it don't matter to me but it affects me when, as a country, I think we're viewed as we're weakening, if that makes yeah. sense. But I just don't know that we're going to be able to get around it, you know? Yeah, I mean, we're, ta- we're talking about the future, and the future changes every minute, Yeah. right? So, so who knows? But I think that you're right. There's a, there's a healthy balance there, um, you know, regardless of what your belief system is. You know, that's, that is a controversial topic that you, you just brought up. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it has changed, but, but how much... Why has it changed? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at if you look at television these days, and I'll get just t- a touch political here. Seventy um, percent of every commercial on there is for pharmaceuticals, mm-hmm. and you know we have behavioral disorders in society taking place right now that are directly correlated to some of those pharmaceuticals. Oh, sure, and that didn't exist a hundred years ago. That's right. You People know, function just a, fine. Autism is at an all-time high. I'm reading a book called Metabolical right now. It's really good. It's mostly about how processed food is is evil and terrible yeah, for sure. you. 
but it's got a huge section in there on the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. It's got a lot of statistics that are very interesting to see on yeah. how much money the pharmaceutical industry uses for everything that's in all the pockets of the politicians, the way they vote on bills, literally the labels that are on our nutritional labels, a lot of it is influenced by big pharma and big processed food. So, um, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. I, I, I don't disagree with you on that. It, I, I, like I said before, a lot of times I try to be, I try to be very open-minded on things that I either don't fully understand to, to, to get more information, to garner my own opinion. Sure. And even then I always try to have my, there, there are a few opinions I think are pretty hard. Right. But I try to not be the old guy that's like, oh, well, this is, I can always be open to hear your side and maybe even be swayed if it's factually based, you know? Sure. So, um, those kind of some of those subjects we just mentioned are an example of I'm open. Like I've been trying to get uh, somebody that's trans on here, not to get political on what your view is on that. But personally, I've explained this before, even though I'm a libertarian and I support your view to do whatever it is you want to do. Right. Sure. As long as you don't make me do it, it's fine. You do it. Sure. I struggle with thinking that my daughter would train her whole life in some sport, let's say swimming. Right. Or or or. Uh, baseball or whatever, softball, whatever she's playing. And then she misses a scholarship or a spot on the Olympic team because somebody who was born a man decides they're going to compete as a woman. I struggle with that because sure. it does not seem fair to me. Yeah, um, They just had a guy in Canada, and again, you don't have to comment on this, but just for the viewers, I think it's interesting. We just had a guy in Canada, the big giant dude, Canada has a new rule now where you can self-identify as whatever gender, right? right? So you can say I'm a you can wake up and say I'm a woman and you're a woman, right? Yeah. So he decided to self-identify in this powerlifting meet as a woman that day. So he shows up always being a dude and just destroys all these female. Now he did sure. it as a sign of protest. He wasn't trying to be serious about it. But uh just that's an example. My point was I struggle with it, but I'm open. To discussion on it. Sure. If I can add someone that will intelligently discuss it with me, I just really struggle with that. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Anyway, we'll change the you, subject. You back. feel you, you want a hug? No, I feel I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so on another topic that you came in the beginning and mentioned, you, you're commenting on our martial arts stuff. Yeah. So what were you what were you gonna say about oh, that? Oh man, I thought I look, I, I have something I thought you'd dig. Okay. Uh, now, I don't know how many people on here have ever trained in any sort of martial arts. Yeah. But I have. Okay. Um I don't know how many people you know went to Naga. I'm familiar with Naga. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I oh, have. you're a jiu-jitsu guy. But I have. Oh, nice. You went to the Nashville one? I did. Where, who do you train with now? Anybody? I don't. I, I, I'm i 49, brother. I, uh, I You can still roll some. I I'm still 44, yeah. and I still do it a little bit. Yeah. I, so I did pro MMA. Yeah, okay. And I did a couple of jiu-jitsu tournaments, but mine was most – so not that you care or it matters, but I started in martial arts when I was six and it was in like traditional Taekwondo karate yep. stuff. Right. Yep. I did karate, Taekwondo. Chuck Norris. And yeah, 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 yeah. Like you see in, uh, and so it was more for, for me nowadays, it's not about whipping people. I think the, one of the biggest benefits is the confidence you get for martial arts. Without a doubt. And so the then, physical benefits. Sure. There, and then there are long-term physical benefits. Absolutely. From it. But as I got, um, I got a little older, I, I got on the U S Taekwondo team at 18. So I went to North Korea, China, South Korea, I got to travel and compete, cool. right? But I was just doing strike. Sure. So I think I was 19 or 20, and this wrestler comes into the place. Big difference. Yeah. Yes. Well, I didn't know that, though. I was sure. This is pre-internet, sure, so sure. I'm just thinking I'm number one in the world, right? Right. So this guy wants to spar with me, and I'm like, I'm number one in the world. Sure, we'll spar. Well, as soon as we go, he takes me down. Completely lost. Yeah. It instantly humbled me, and I was like, OMG, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, back then, though, and you may remember this, 
it wasn't like now. You couldn't find a jiu-jitsu school. No. You know, if you found one, it was old Japanese jiu-jitsu. Yeah. It wasn't this modern Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So uh, I was devouring whatever I could, and then I started going to Dave Ferguson's place, Memphis Judo and Jiu-Jitsu yep. in Memphis. It's one of the best jiu-jitsu schools, I think, uh, around. Anyway, without a doubt. trained there for a while with them and then dabbled other folks. He eventually hired a jiu-jitsu guy at my own place. And then I got to where in the 90s, uh, early 2000s, honestly, I was probably purple belt level. Yeah. Nowadays, the way they are, I'd be good to be a blue belt with them. You and, know? And, and dude, pur- purple belt? Is hard to get. Yeah, a lot but of people don't. It, it realize. is different now, though. Like it, the, I always say, my jujitsu was the old, slow, smother, like anaconda style. Yeah. You watch like Gordon Ryan and them now. Yeah. Man, they're so athletic. Steve Maxwell. Yeah, yeah. so far ahead. Yeah. When I mean, they're there's like chess moves ahead of people. Oh, without a doubt. Uh, and then they've now invented stuff. Like it's just a whole different world. Did you do gi or no gi? I I I came off of a car wreck. Uh-huh. Is how I got introduced, and I was training at UFK. Okay, so if you know John Trent and all those guys. Yeah, back then. John. I don't think John is still part of that team. I don't know anymore. But they, um, I came in after a car wreck in 2013, and a buddy of mine was part owner in the gym. I went in there to do some kettlebell stuff, and um, I was like, man, if I don't, I was 38. If I don't do this now, I'm not going to do it. Mm. You know, I did line training in the Marine Corps. I boxed in the Marine Corps. Um, I never wrestled. Um, played basketball. You know, my my were like sports fights right you know just tying up in on the basketball court um but i had um, played baseball but until i got on those mats and figured out i'm gonna give this a whirl i had no idea and i've you know i like to think i'm a pretty physical guy Mm -hmm. especially you know a little bit younger now but um it's it's fascinating the strength that you get from rolling jiu-jitsu, I, I've never been stronger in my life mm-hmm. than when I rolled. And I did Tuesdays and Thursdays pretty much religiously, and I went to open mat about every other week because I was the old guy on the mat, and I, mm-hmm. was, I was healing. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed to heal. Yeah, yeah, no, I understand that. But there was, there was no alcohol. Mm-hmm. The alcohol was gone. Um, there was no cheeseburgers. There was none of that stuff. It had I had to be lean. Yeah. So my whole body started to come back to me. And... I'll say that uh, without a shadow of a doubt that until I started really pressing to get, I wanted to go back to Naga, and I worked really hard to get to 170. I competed at 180. I was 184.6 when mm-hmm. I got this that medal, but so light heavyweight, um, and I went. I got second. I didn't get first. I wanted to get. That's first. still great. Congratulations. Thanks, man. And then Nashville. It was. It was Nashville's different than Memphis. I mean. Yeah, yeah. There, well, there's is. a big scene there, man. It's a big mm-hmm. scene there. And um, but we've got some great MMA artists here in the Mid South. Mm-hmm. Um, I was been fortunate enough to roll with quite a few of those guys mm-hmm. actually, um, Tony Way and and you know Trey Manley and mm-hmm. some of these guys that have come up that are in Bellator now and UFC Austin Lions. Um, yeah, so Austin started in my. I had an MMA show back early two thousands, and Austin was out of. Uh, I want to say he was out of. It was either Dyersburg or Union City. And he uh, didn't. He didn't know anything. Like I, I want to say that I even helped teach him uh, Americana. The, he didn't know any of that from where he, they, they were. Like most places, they were striking school. Yeah. And he fought in our HOFC card, and I think he won the title. It was an amateur show. Sure. And he won um, one of the titles, and then kept going and went pro. And then went I think he's the still ult- training with Ferguson's place, isn't he? Went to the ultimate. Fight. I don't know where he is these days, but he yeah. he did some private coaching for me yeah. on wrestling because I didn't wrestle. 
Okay. And he whooped my ass. It was you him. Know it was the, uh, uh, what was those brothers' names? It were him, two brothers. I remember the team they were on. Man, they were literally like, when we were first doing it. Rick Bing. There were, there were like four or five teams top in the Mid-South. Yeah. Like not just this. I'm talking about in states. Yeah. So I developed a program called the Complete Combat Program. I even copyrighted it. Because at the time, Tennessee didn't have, MMA wasn't regulated. It wasn't illegal, but it wasn't regulated. But they knew they didn't like MMA. So what I did is we didn't do MMA. We did complete combat matches. So you didn't do like V3 stuff. when it. So V3 coming. was after us. They actually kind of took some of my model, to be honest, okay. and did their V3 stuff. Anyway, all those guys were in the HOFC show. Our yeah. high-octane fighting championship was the first semi-professional amateur event where people would come you didn't have people smoking and blowing smoke. You knew who you were going to fight. Everybody was organized, weighed in. I even certified my own officials. I had refs and judges the whole no nine. It was a big deal. We would go pre-record them and have a, uh, a, I had a monitor up where it would show them, you know, like an interview before the fight and then their walkout music, whole thing. I even would go, and so here was the problem. In that company, at the time, there wasn't enough fighters to feed regular fights, and I wanted to do one a month. So I focused on doing the fight shows. I developed this complete combat program, and I would sell it to karate schools, and it had DVDs. And in six months, it had me teaching jiu-jitsu, wrestling, and Muay Thai and stuff. And within six months, they were supposed to have a ring-ready fighter. So they'd, they'd be ready for an amateur fight. So I could start fueling these fighters. And I also taught the uh, coaches and instructors how to develop a team have your own team colors, team name, build this, you know, team unity yep. and build a program around it. So you were selling the program, then those guys were funding the fights. And what I would do is they could pay to have their own high octane fighting championship in their their area. Long story short, the way I ended up losing uh, control of it is a lot of these guys were out of Memphis and they realized they didn't all they really needed was they had the, the crowds were coming to Covington, right? Well, if they had their own uh, cage and sound equipment, lights, and whatnot, and made the contacts I did, they didn't need me anymore. Yeah. They could start doing their own thing. And that's how V3 developed. Started going to Minglewood. Yeah. Started going to yeah. the Daisy. And yeah, I had, uh, there was a guy in Mississippi, Fred Fisher, you know Fred? He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. It's, he's not affiliated with uh, Ferguson. He, uh, he had J.D. Shackleford uh, show him. I don't know if he was under J.D., because J.D. was with Dave. Okay. I don't know if you know him. He's in, he's in uh, Mississippi. He's a black belt. And JD was a ultimate was a UFC guy. He wasn't ultimate fighter, but he actually fought in the UFC. Anyway, they started. Uh, Fred started one in. Uh, it's called the Bang Fighting Championship yep. in Mississippi. All of those guys spawned off of us doing the HOFCs here when they saw there was a market for it. Okay, that's cool. But yeah, man, we had. I mean, I loved jujitsu. I still though, just as a, I don't know. You can comment on how you feel about this as a martial artist. When I spar now, um, I'm still a striker. Like, I am most comfortable, even at 44. I just tore my hamstring in October off the bone. It was bad. And so my whole life I've been able to do splits, kick, and the whole thing. And so I'm struggling with this rehab. But up, up till then, if I sparred anybody, world-class strikers, I could hang with them. Jiu-jitsu, I still always, my brain still, after 20, 30 years, still is thinking like a striker. Sure. You know, like, so I always feel like a fish out of water. Even though I'm best at kicking, and then I'm second best at grappling. I still feel, I just feel limited on the ground still. Sure. So uh, I don't know if it's because I'm programmed for it or what. Well, if you don't roll, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the sec you sec second you take time off. Oh, yeah. You, you, mean, it's it, like anything else. You lose your reaction time. It you comes stop reading. fast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can get your foundations back, but 
the thing I learned about Naga was, you know, you've got training speed mm-hmm. and in the gym mat mm-hmm. mate speed, even on Saturdays when they're going all out, mm-hmm. or quote unquote going all out. Very different when you're when you're at a tournament. Not to I mention mean, the stress from being in a tournament. I I will tell you, I I I was. I was really disappointed that we didn't have more matches because mm-hmm. I, I was less than full three months mm-hmm. going up there, and I was finding some success. Mm-hmm. I wanted to desperately go back at 170 because I was so strong, but I just – I was how, ama- how tall are you? I'm 5'11". Okay, we're I the same am- height. I was emaciated mm-hmm. at 170. So so I fought my first pro MMA fight, I was 170. Okay. But I was 20 – I don't know, 20-something. So I was, you know, young. But as I got into my 30s, I did my second one a pro fight. I did amateur ones and then a pro, and then I took a break because I started being a cop and I went to law school and all this stuff. So I was 31 or two on the second one, and I think I, f- I fought at 205. And like right now, I don't know that I could see 205. Yeah, 205 yeah. is, I mean, I, they were di- they were telling me to do everything possible to get below 185 mm-hmm. when I go to that next level mm-hmm. because it's just a different. It's, yeah, it's like well, the, the problem now with the way they play. cut weight, yeah, it's is like it, you could be two hundred five, but they're weighing two twenty, two thirty, and that's a two hundred thirty pound man that yeah. you're fighting at yeah. two hundred five. That's right. So uh, people just don't understand that, and Americans are the the main ones that do that. You know, Europe and Japan and all over there, they don't really cut weight; it's they just, just fight the, their natural weight. Yeah, and that was yeah. that was problematic for me. Mm-hmm. I, I was like I said, I didn't wrestle growing up. Yeah, I was so going to say that's where it comes weight, from is the wrestling. I was, I mean, grumpy, headaches. Yeah. I mean, and it was healthy, and it was grumpy and headaches. Yeah. Uh, so, and it was painful. But um, no, good stuff, man. I did not realize how embedded. I, I know you're the you know what kicking lawyer, right? Yeah. But I had no idea, and that's just shame on me. I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't realize. I knew it was high level uh, MMA, uh-huh. but I didn't know that you had done some of the things that you had you had done. Oh yeah, no, my most my biggest background was martial arts. Like yeah. I'm a seventh degree black belt in taekwondo, and I just I haven't uh, told folks not that they care, but I got called. Um, what is today? Tuesday, Sunday, Sunday night. The grandmaster called me and asked me if I would accept an appointment to the head, well, the assistant coach of the new U.S. Taekwondo team, uh, which is a huge, big honor. Sure. It's a team that I was on when I was young and fit, yeah. and now they're asking if I will come and be uh, the coach for it. And I was like, of course. But that means I get to travel again and go around with them, so that'll be a lot of fun. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, all jokes aside, my biggest um, uh, claim to fame was martial arts forever That's i did awesome. it i did it for years trained with hoist gracie that was uh who uh, i i would go wherever he was out of town even to train with him that's who i got my blue belt from was hoist really? gracie yeah that's pretty awesome how many people can say that yeah i don't know i don't know he might give them out all the time i don't know but i know that's i got it Hold in up. i got it in 90 uh seven or eight from hoist gracie yeah that's and he did it cool. like this i was i'd been doing seminars and stuff and i was at a seminar with him and we were grappling. I was grappling some dude. And I got done. I stood up. And he's like, here you go. He just gave it to me. There was yeah. no ceremony. It was like, here you go. You're blue belt. I was like, oh, thanks. Because in, in, cool. in karate classes, if you get a, it's a big thing. Yeah. You know, they do a big deal. Anyway, it's different. So, well, look, man, we're getting way past an hour, which means I like you. But that's okay. Uh, <laughs> tell everybody how they can find you. you. You say social media is terrible. Can they find you on anything? Well, I mean, TikTok's terrible. That, that, yeah. You, you want to stay away from that. But yeah. uh, they can find us on LinkedIn. Okay. They can find us on uh, – I have a Twitter handle. Uh, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I never look at it. Yeah. Um, 
because it's all politics. well. The business though, is there a number? How do they how do they yeah, get a hold uh, of you? They can get, catch me at uh, my email address is jason at freedmind.com. They can go to the website, which is www.freedmind.com. F R E E D M I N D.com. Uh, we are on LinkedIn. Uh, we are on YouTube. We're doing some cool custom animation stuff uh, with that. And we've got some other marketing stuff to come out and do some educationals. And we're going to be doing some speaking and educational uh, endeavors for the Tempton County Chamber. I'm in the process of trying to figure that out right now. Well, I'm the president. Well, we, so I'm, if you need hey, some look, help, I got so you. I need a venue. Okay. So, yeah. I'm well, using, I don't know how big do you need because we use the conference room there. Man, if we can... Harrisburg State also lets you use their big... They have an auditorium you can use there. I'm struggling to get commitments on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to put something together for the new FTC regulations. I'm kind of stealing this. Well, one. speaking yeah. of that, Michelle said... She's also on the board of directors with me. Yeah. She said last time she saw you, she was amped up with a megaphone. She's the little blonde. Yeah, she's Michelle. talking yeah. about the uh, career day. So it would be oh, great. Yeah, the pathway to possibility. Yeah. She <laughs> said it would be great to hear from him again at a as a purpose purposeful program or a lunch and learn. Yeah. So yeah. Well, man, look if if you can help pull some strings on that, we, we need thirty days to to get the marketing out to get yeah. people. Well, I know the up. chamber would let you do. I mean, we're always looking for folks to do training Absolutely. and stuff. We're looking at we're looking at TCAT right now, mm-hmm. but I think that, look, man. With all that's taken place in the past, let's call it 10 days, mm-hmm. it's been a lot. Yeah, and yeah. so I'm, I'm, I want to keep it on schedule. If we can pull that off, man, I'll take it. But I'm not pressing too much harder. Well, I mean, everything's kind of on hold for the next few weeks, I would think, anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. It, you know, the thing is, life needs to go on. It does. And I think people need to try to move towards some normalcy. Of course, sure. it's easy for me to say because I still have a house. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with continuing to move forward with, with business and sure, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Well, it's, it's the, the new FTC regs come out in June, and we just wanted to be able to help some folks wrap their heads around, whether they use us or not, mm-hmm. have an idea of things they can do to get their premiums down and set them up for success. I mean, that's my whole purpose in life right now is yeah. to get people some help. Um, and we've got some unique ways that we do it, but if they're happy where they're at, cool. Yeah. But this is a benefit to all of the businesses that are up and running and capable to, to doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's where my head and heart is. So, mm-hmm. And that's one of the main reasons I'm here now is just to be, hey, whatever audience is listening that, can, that might benefit from our services, we are doing a campaign initiative specifically for the Tipton County Chamber members, which is a give back campaign. I won't steal the spotlight on that now, but... It's specific to Tipton County. This is my home. I've been here for a long time. I've coached soccer here for years. My daughter mm-hmm. graduated from Munford. Um, we want to help Tipton County businesses. So we're here. And, uh, man, I've, I've I've loved having the opportunity to sit to sit with you guys today. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you talking with us. I, and I know I talk about a lot of stuff, but I appreciate no, you being I, patient with us. Josh kind uh, of prepped me a little bit. but Yeah, yeah I, I talk about I, ta- I told him, I was like, Jerry yeah. will either go from talking about legal stuff yeah. and, and his career, or he might talk about Bigfoot and aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have. Uh, I, was, I do want to invite you now. I just started uh, my own in my martial arts school. It's here in Covington. It's okay. uh, the, the new Total Fitness. My buddy Jason opened the new gym, rebuilt Total Fitness across from Walmart here in town. Okay. Big, big, beautiful gym. And there's a bay beside it that I, I rent out, and it's a brand-new facility, brand-new mats, and they're dual-rated so you can grapple and strike on them. 
but I just started this program. It's called it's called the Complete Combat Program. But I changed the purpose of it. Twenty years ago, the purpose was to make you MMA ring ready. Yeah. The purpose now is I've taken even tactical training because I was a SWAT guy. I was big in law enforcement, and all the stuff I would train them is now in this program. So you learn five ranges of combat. You learn weapons, kicking, punching, close quarter combat, and grappling all in the same program. Oh, cool. So there's some jujitsu in it, but it's got striking and stuff too. There's yeah. boxing and kickboxing, Probably aikido, and all. But it's not a uh, it's not a um, like, I don't want to say young guys thing. It's for anyone. Like, sure. everyone can benefit from it. It's not about show up and who can beat up who. Sure. It's about let's train together and get better. So, yeah. uh, anyway, that's at Mason's High Octane Martial Arts, which you're welcome to come and try us out. Well, Jason, thank you for joining us, man. Thank you, man. I enjoyed talking with you. Jason I, I Smith. And uh, Freedmind. Freedminds or Mind? Freedmind. Freedmind.com. Yeah, F R E E D M I N D.com. Cool. Well, uh, we'll stick that up, too, in the post stuff that Josh does. Uh, as you see there, don't forget, like, follow, subscribe to all these evil uh, podcast platforms, especially <laughs> that one. Don't forget TikTok. Uh, that's where I have my biggest following is TikTok. Is it really? we got like 22,000 followers on TikTok. Oh, man. <laughs> that's okay. They're all I Chinese. I rained on your parade. That's They're okay. all Chinese. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> And then uh, Michelle Allen, who's been watching, and Josh is out of, I've got my things out of order, apparently. Yeah, that's you. That's not me. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, NA the band. Don't forget to download their band, their, their album, Inside My Head. It's free. Uh, they also give guitar lessons and stuff. They run Liberty uh, Guitar and Gear over here. There's Michelle Allen. All right. So uh, she's a commenting on the show, and like I said, she's uh, the small one with the megaphone. That and, was and at she the, will have a new lower third next week. I was working on it, and uh, then the chaos of the past two oh, weeks Oh, yeah, we happened, had a rough two so, weeks, but she's anyway. been patient. Yeah. Anyway, we love Michelle Allen. Uh, and then I just was talking about high octane martial arts in Covington. Visit masonmartialarts.com. We are doing sign up specials. This is our 30th year in business. So we're doing a bunch of cool sign up specials if you guys get a chance to check us out. And the seller, I'd love to have you guys join us. I have an argument that we have the best steaks that you can get anywhere. And we have really good bourbon if you like that. Anyway, that we open 4 p.m. seven days a week. So Monday through Sunday, we were open. And then we have a lot of different events. Tonight's trivia, Friday, Saturday is live music. Wednesday nights is a wind down, whiskey up Wednesdays, and Thursdays is ladies' night. And Mason Night Digital Marketing, Josh is glad to help you with your online presence. If you're building a website, social media, uh, ads, whatever it is you're trying to do, he would help you, masonnightmarketing.com. So thank you guys. Hopefully, barring tornadoes and other occurrences we'll have another show again live next tuesday who who do i have next tuesday uh, do nobody. we have anybody no one because no one. i have not been here to schedule we have, yeah because we've been out for <laughs> yeah. two weeks okay well anyway thank you guys for watching uh as always if i can be of any assistance to you especially those of you that are displaced i've got a lot of my businesses that are offering things free for people that were displaced by the storms just give us a holler we'll be glad to help you out until then i will see you next tuesday keep kicking Thanks for watching, guys. Just remember that this is not legal advice or investment advice or business advice. This is for fun and entertainment purposes only.